This is John Watson from the Jack Attack Podcast. When I'm surfing the internet looking for Linux information like what the hell is a SUSE and why would I want to partition my hard drive anyhow, I tune in to Linux Reality with Chess Griffin. And you should too. This is Linux Reality, Episode 20, Ubuntu 6.06, Part 2. This is episode 20. Wow, that's pretty cool. Not that high compared to most other podcasts, but still, not too bad. Uh, And, you know, I really have you all to thank. Um, Without your feedback and encouragement, I probably would not have made it this far. So you guys are a great audience, and and again, please keep that feedback coming and and let me know what you like and what you don't like, and uh, we'll just keep trucking along. We've got a lot of interesting things to get to today, including a new segment, which I'll tell you about in just a minute. But the main subject for today will be the second part of a two-part series on Ubuntu Linux 6.06, also known as Dapper Drake. We're going to go through a hard drive installation of Ubuntu from the live CD. And then I'm going to talk about a couple of scripts out there that may help you get your Ubuntu set up with all the bells and whistles, you know, all the extras that don't come with Ubuntu. Uh, And I'll also have some other general things to talk about Ubuntu as well. First, though, I'm going to play a little promo about another podcast, and then we'll head over and check out some listener feedback. Do you want some tech news that's different than the ordinary boring stuff? You found the Bits of Silicon Hell podcast. From deep in the heart of Texas, it's Craig and his techno posse. Your buddy and mine, Dude Mac. And Neil, if he's not too hungover. Wow, I'm tired. And whoever else shows up. To listen to this fine work of mortal achievement, go to bitsofsiliconhell.com or subscribe on iTunes. Bitsofsiliconhell.com Message for you, sir. All right, I got three listener audio feedbacks this week. First up is Robert from San Francisco. Hey, Chess, this is Robert out in the San Francisco Bay Area. Just wanted to thank you very much for the Linux Reality Podcast. Been listening for about a month now and found a lot of good info there. Uh, I dabbled in Linux about seven years ago at a company I was at at that point. Uh, I'd moved on and I sort of fell out of uh, my interest in Linux at that point. Uh, recently, I made a philosophical decision that I'm going to go to Linux 100% at my computer at home. And uh, the podcasts have definitely helped in the decision making process. Don't mean to whine, but how about a session on wine? Uh, you did mention in one of the first episodes that you might consider doing that, and uh, there are, I'm sure, a lot of people who are switching from Windows to Linux who may still need or want to run some Windows programs because there's no direct Linux equivalent. As a side note, uh, how'd you get the name Chess? I'm uh, kind of curious on that. I didn't see any type of bio information on the website. Great. Well, thanks, Robert. I really do appreciate the feedback. Thanks for taking the time to record it and send it along. Um, on the uh, idea of a segment on wine, yeah, I do think we will get to that. Uh, for those who don't know, wine stands for wine is not an emulator. It's one of those recursive acronyms. And it's a project that, as far as I can tell, what it's trying to do is basically rewrite from scratch, almost reverse engineer some of the Windows code so that Windows applications can run on Linux. It's not it's not a it's it's not a virtual machine like VMware and it's not uh it's not an emulator it doesn't I don't think it tries to emulate another processor or anything like that it's just it it's um 
it is just tip, it, I think it's just rewriting the, the Windows code so so it runs uh, so the Linux code and the Windows code can kind of talk to each other and so the uh, Windows applications can can run on on Linux. It it has some pretty good success. It is a little bit controversial at times, but I think we will get to that at one point, probably pretty soon. Uh, talk about you know running Windows applications on Linux in general, and certainly Wine will will be a part of that conversation. So thank you for that suggestion, Robert. Um, as to my name, there's no real story behind it. Just It's just a nickname my family came up with when I was born. Uh, it doesn't have anything to do with a game or anything like that. It's just you know, it's just a, just a nickname, and I've always had it. So, you know, so there you go. All right, next up we've got uh, uh, an audio feedback from Mitzpatrick. Greetings, Chess. This is Mitzpatrick Fitzsimmons from New Hampshire. And I've enjoyed your podcast uh, for the past few weeks uh, since I found it. I've, I've downloaded and uh, uh, listened to every episode, a few of them more than once. Um, I actually burned them off onto CDs, and I usually get two episodes per CD, which is kind of cool. Um, <clears throat> I'm a new Linux user, and uh, I've tried I've tried uh, the Red Hat Linux in the past, and it just didn't work out for me, and I kind of lost interest. But uh, after listening to your podcast and uh, you know the, the way you've kind of cleared uh, a lot of a lot of the mystery uh, up for me, um, decided to give it another go, and uh, it's worked out pretty good so far. I've installed Ubuntu um, Linux distribution, and uh, I've tried the, the uh, PC Linux OS Live CD uh, with some success, and uh, just want to thank you again for uh, doing such a great show, and uh, look forward to hearing a lot more from you. Thanks, Jess. And thank you for that feedback, Ms. Patrick. I really do appreciate it. I'm so glad that PC Linux OS is working well for you. It's so great to hear from folks just from all different backgrounds, all different stripes, and it's just very exciting. And thank you so much. I appreciate you taking the time to record that. Last but certainly not least, we have Anita from LinuxBasics.org. Anita has been so great and helpful in the forum. She's just been posting over there and helping people out and it's just, I just wanted to say thank you, Anita. That's really been great, and I just, I love seeing that. I really like seeing the community grow there. And Anita sent me some feedback, so here it is. Hi, Chess. Anita Lewis here from New Jersey and LinuxBasics.org. I want to thank you for what you're doing for the new Linux users, as well as for those of us who are not so new. Uh, I've been using Linux for eight years now, and I've been learning quite a bit from your podcasts. Um, and they're just fun to listen to. I'm, I'm also enjoying the give and take at the forums. <laughs> I'd like to invite people to um, the Linux Basics chat on Sundays, uh, especially those who need to problem solve. Sometimes putting our heads together in real time, we can come up with answers that any one of us would not see. We also enjoy just chatting about Linux and the things we've been doing through the week. There's a link for how to join the chat on linuxbasics.org in the navigation on the left. Thank you, Anita. That's really nice of you to say and nice of you just to send that along. I do appreciate it. Now, you all may have noticed that I sounded that it sounded like I edited her feedback just a little bit, and I did. And that's because I'm going to, I'm going to use part of the rest of her audio file, there was more there, to introduce this new segment. And I'm going to call this segment, for lack of a better phrase, Listener Tips. It's uh, not very exciting, uh, but hey, you know, it's it's something. Uh, the idea is that what I'd like to do is try to get the audience involved in, in the production of the show, if you will. 
And what I'd like to do is is have folks um, consider submitting really short, concise tips, you know, by by audio file. I, I think I definitely want it as an audio file because it, it's nice to mix it up with different voices and that sort of thing. And and basically, I'll take that that audio file and insert it into the podcast at this segment. Now, just a couple of points, I guess, or a couple of criteria criteria that I that I would like uh, these these clips to have. First, I want them to be short. You know, and, and I'm thinking less than five minutes, and it really should be just a short and sweet tip that you can describe. Just, and it can be about anything. It can be about something you discovered, something a new trick that you learned, a way to do something, uh, a, a a command that you like to use, a an application that you, people may not know of that you like, anything. But secondly, I want it to sort of be consistent with the theme and direction of the show. In other words, I want it to be not really advanced yet or anything and and i mean i want it to be something that new users can can grasp and understand and that sort of fits within the context of the show i mean it doesn't have to be about something we're specifically talking about in the same episode but you know i wouldn't do a tip right now on um i don't know recompiling the kernel or something you know just we're not really there yet so just kind of think about the the big picture of the show and something that you think would fit so that's the second that's the second criteria. First is short, second one is sort of consistent with the show. Third is, you know, a good audio quality. Don't worry about the size of the file that you send me. Uh just, you know, encode it at a high bit rate. Really try to get the sound good. You may have heard with the audio feedbacks that some sound good and some some sound very tinny. You know, tr- really try to get the audio good if you can. And then lastly, uh think of this uh segment as a standalone Piece. So have a little introduction and a closing. You know, it can just be, hey, my name is Joe, and this week I'm going to talk about whatever, and then do it, and then, you know, talk about it, and then just wrap it up by saying, you know, well, I hope you enjoyed this tip or something like that. Just kind of like a little, just a short little intro and a short little closing because I'm not going to introduce each tip. I'll just kind of put it in this particular segment. So we can talk about it more in the forums too if you have any questions. So I hope this will be fun and we'll try this as sort of an experiment and see what kind of feedback we get and let me know what you think about it and uh start thinking of some good tips and submitting them. I really would uh, really would appreciate that. So all right, so since uh we're kind of talking about it this week, I'm going to introduce the segment with with the rest of Anita's uh audio comment. Now, of course, she didn't have the intro and the closing cuz you know, I she didn't know I was going to do this. So, but you know, I wanted to kind of give you this as a little example and to introduce this new little segment. So here we go. To start, press any key. Where's the any key? I see esk, kataro, and pig up. There doesn't seem to be any any key. Um, I'd like to throw out a tip that saved me a lot of heartache once. Um, that is to get your information on your partition table onto paper. You may not be able to get to it on your computer so uh, you know when things are down so you having that on paper can be critical. Um, the basic idea is to list the contents of the table using the program that you partition with and then print the list. There's an example of that along with some other good information on fixing a partition table on our site. Uh, search on partition table for that. Um, and you may need a rescue disk to perform the reconstruction of the partition table, or, or you may need it for any number of things uh, when your system doesn't work or when you want to be real sure you don't have your system mounted. Uh, 
I highly recommend that you get such a disc and work with it a bit before uh, you need to use it. Uh, you got to get used to the tools and the editor. Uh, you don't want to have to learn that when you need to perform the rescue. Uh, my personal preference is uh, called Rescue is Possible by Kent Robati. Um, and even the floppy version of that has a wonderful help on it. Uh, you can learn a whole bunch of stuff about how to fix just about well, all kinds of things that may be causing your system not to work. And um, it's really a good idea to read that over prior to the emergency. Uh, it may not make a lot of sense to a real new person, but it will eventually. Um, there's some stuff on our site also about rescue, and you just search on rescue and uh, find that. So those are my great tips. Uh, <laughs> keep up the great work, Chess. Uh, I'll be listening, and I'll be reading the forum and just having a ball. Thanks. Bye. Okay, with that, let's turn to Ubuntu 6.06 Dapper Drake Part 2. Okay, the first thing I wanted to do this week is go through a hard drive installation of the Ubuntu Linux 6.06 .06 Dapper Drake Live CD. Now, a lot of you have already done this, and you've probably found this is really easy. This has probably got to be one of the easiest installs out there. If you have Ubuntu 6.06 .06 Live CD up and running, you'll see the install icon on the desktop. And you just double-click on that, and a new screen will come up saying Install, Welcome, ready to install. Once you answer a few questions, it will be installed onto your hard drive. And there's really only six steps. And the first step is pretty simple. You select your language. So I'm going to select uh, English on this one. All right, next one is to select your city and country. This is for your time zone. Uh, so you just make that selection. You can check the time, make sure the time is correct. And if, if it's not, you can, I guess, you know, set that time, change it. Uh, once you've done that, click forward. Okay, next one is to select your keyboard layout. And that should be pretty straightforward. And you can, there's even a box there where you can test out the new keyboard layout. Uh, the fourth uh, box is ask you for your name and your login name and a password and a name of the computer. So go ahead and enter that information in. And then once you click forward and you go to the next step, it says to select a disk, and this is the little partition tool that comes with Ubuntu. Now, this is not as extensive as some of the other partitioning tools uh, out there, but it starts off by giving you two choices. Just erase the entire disk, so if you have a standalone computer or you just want to wipe everything off, you can select that. Or the second option is you can manually edit the partition table. And so you would, for me, I'm going to do that because I've got a specific partition set aside. So I select that, click forward, and then it will scan your hard drive and show you your uh, partitions. So this is, you know, uh, you know, can be a little tricky. So just, you know, make sure you know, you know, what you're doing, what what partition you want, and basically you're just going to select the partition for the root for your root partition. Your, you know, in other words, Ubuntu's got this set up so it installs everything into one partition. Uh, so you just select that and you can, you can click forward. Now it does give you a couple options in the menu bar to if you want to you know remove a partition or resize or move a partition. I have not played with that all that much. I you know as I've talked about before I tend to 
get my partition set up ahead of time with either using the G-parted live CD or something like that. But uh, you can you can try that if you need to. But once you've got your partition selected, then you just click forward, and it will then give you an opportunity to select other mount points, meaning it has discovered other partitions uh, on your hard drive, and it will give you an option to to mount those if you want uh, to create you know uh, icons on the desktop for different partitions. This can be helpful if you have uh, other. Uh, you know, uh, Linux operating systems, or you have a, a separate home, what you can do is, is you can, you know, in the previous screen, select the partition for your Ubuntu root partition, and then in here, select the partition and change the mount point to home. You know, if you want to, if you want to have a separate, you know, if you've got a separate home partition already set up. And it will let you uh, select the partition and then also choose to reformat. Now, for me, I've got a bunch of other partitions on this on this disk. I don't like to have them mounted at boot. I prefer to mount partitions when I need them. So I am unselecting. In other words, I'm changing the mount point for all my other partitions to just the blank space, meaning nothing. So, so the only thing I've got on here is a swap partition that I also have already created, and it discovered that, and it's going to mount that as, as the swap partition, and it's also going to reformat. And that's okay if it reformats the swap partition. Swap is just like a temporary file. So once you've done with that, this is the fifth step. You just click forward. And then once you've gone to the next screen, the last step is just sort of a confirmation. It shows you everything, all the choices that you've made. And just confirm one last time that your partitioning is, is set up correctly. And then click install. And it will start installing the system. And now the neat thing about this is that you can continue to use your live CD. You can continue to browse and get on the internet and just do whatever while it's installing. That's pretty cool. Okay, and then once it's all done, you'll get a dialog box that says installation is complete. And it gives you the option to continue using the live CD. Or you can uh, click restart now and uh, reboot into your new hard drive installation of Ubuntu. So that's what I'm going to do right now. Okay, and then as you boot, you'll see some messages go across the screen uh, as it's loading various things, and it will take you to the login window. And there you go. You get that little sound. That's the Ubuntu bongos or something, and uh, that takes you to GDM. This is the uh, this is the, the login manager for GNOME, and you can type in your username and password. But before we do that, I wanted to point you down to the uh, lower left-hand corner. There's a little uh, icon there, Options. And if you go into that, you can change the language. You can also, this is where you can go to restart or shut down or suspend or to hibernate. You know, if you go to, if you log out of GNOME and you get back to this screen, uh, if you just do a logout, you get back to the screen, you can still shut down or restart it from here. Now, the select session if you select that, if you end up installing other desktop environments like KDE or XFCE or something, if you go into Change Session, this is where you can choose to log into a different desktop environment. It will then give you the option of making that your uh, permanent choice or whether or not just a one-time thing. So anyway, I'm not going to do that. There's not, there are no other desktop environments at this time, so I will just type in my username and password and then log into the default GNOME desktop. And as it loads up there, you hear a little startup noise, and it takes you into 
into GNOME, and as you can see, it looks very similar to the live CD uh, desktop environment, but the difference is you now don't have that examples folder and you don't have the install icon either on the desktop. Now, for me, the first time I booted it up, it, uh, it ran the little update uh, applet, and in the upper right-hand corner near the network icon, it has a little orange icon, and it says software updates are available. So you can click on that, and that will uh, let you install some updates. Now, it will ask you for your administrative password, and this is, your, this is the same password you typed in for your user. If you remember, I mentioned this before, Ubuntu uses something called sudo, or S-U-D-O. It's super user do, and it's sort of like Mac OS X in that your user has can have administ some, some administrative privileges, and so you don't have a separate root user. You just you have your regular user and then a password, and it lets you administer the system. Now, there is a root user, but you don't really see it in Ubuntu. It, it does this uh, sudo uh, thing, and it works pretty well. So as I'm doing it right now, there's 93 updates. Wow, that's kind of a lot. And uh, so I'm going to go ahead, and uh, they're all checked. So I'm going to go ahead and do install updates, and that will launch the little program to download and install all the updated packages. Okay, while it's uh, downloading these packages, let me tell you about two of these little scripts that uh, that, that users have created. These are these are little uh, little applications, if you will, that that were created to make it easy to add uh, additional software to your Ubuntu installation. You know, mostly non-free software. So I'm talking about things like uh, Flash and and uh, and Java and codecs to allow you to play mp3s and windows media files and it will download the nvidia and ati drivers for you and, and all of that so it does a whole bunch of different things there's two of them that i've come across and there may be some others but these seem to be the two that are most often mentioned in the forums and one is called automatics and the other one is called easy ubuntu Automatics, the homepage, I'll put links to these in the show notes, of course, but uh, the homepage for Automatics is uh, getautomatics.com, and that's Automatics is spelled A-U-T-O-M-A-T-I-X. So getautomatics.com, and then for Easy Ubuntu, that uh, website is easyubuntu.freecontrib.org. So again, I'll have links to both of those in the show notes. But what they do is they it basically consists of entering in some in some commands in your terminal and they give you all the commands you need to type you can just copy and paste it's very very easy and what it does is it downloads this script it installs the the script or, or the package and then i think for both of them it puts a it, it puts an entry in your applications menu somewhere i forget they they both do it in different places but uh they both install a little icon in your applications menu that you can then run uh, run automatics or easy Ubuntu. Now, of the two, uh, I think automatics has more things that it can install. In other words, there's more packages available to be installed through automatics than through easy Ubuntu. But easy Ubuntu has all, you know, just about everything that most people would need. It has all the browser plugins and all the video drivers and the codecs and all the all that stuff. I think they can both install the Microsoft fonts as well. So. For, for, for most people, the two are pretty comparable. Now, some people have said that Automatics is a little bit more, not unstable, but, but can do damage to your system. 
I've run it, and I have not encountered that, but I don't run Ubuntu every day, so you know maybe those problems haven't cropped up for me yet. Neither one of them have given me any problems. The only issue I've come across, and I think I came across it in both of them, is that the it, they both install, or they can install the Adobe Acrobat Reader for you. And then they can also install the, the Acrobat plugin so that if you go to a website that has a PDF and you click on it, it opens the PDF file in the browser window as opposed to, you know, launching the, the, the Acrobat Reader as a separate application. Now, the last time I tried this, for both of them, it installed Acrobat just fine, and it installed the plugin, but it didn't work for some reason. It's the... Um, it's the mplay it's the uh, what is it called it's moz plugger is the is the little application that that controls other other plugins so that they'll run within the browser window so for example like you know movie players and and zine or mplayer or what have you there was some conflict and i remember seeing in this this in the forums and uh the the solution for me was to uninstall moz plugger uninstall the adobe acrobat that automatics and easy Ubuntu installed. Then I went to the Adobe website, installed the Acrobat Reader manually, uh, and then manually installed the plugin, which just involves copying a one or two files into your Mozilla plugins directory. And then I reinstalled the Moz plugger. I think that was I think those were the steps, but and then it worked. So that was the only issue I came across, and that was an issue I found in both of them. But other than that, they both work very well. And I mean, I won't go through installing them because both websites have very simple uh, instructions on how to install them. And it really is just copy this code into your terminal and that's it. So I, I would recommend checking them b- both out. I guess I would probably start with Easy Ubuntu. That seems to be the one that, that's a little bit simpler. It, it, the, 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 the GUI is a little bit more user-friendly perhaps. And it doesn't overwhelm with choices, and it really has all the basics. So I would start with Easy Ubuntu, and then, you know, if there's something that Automatics has that Easy Ubuntu doesn't, you can you can use that. I, I believe you can use them both, um, because I believe they will both. It's my understanding that Automatics will change your Etsy slash apt slash sources dot list file temporarily. That's the little text file that that has all the repositories. For where you know Synaptic and the di- different package managers, uh, where they will go to fetch information about what packages are available, it's my understanding that Automatics does change that file. But then at the end of the installation, I mean, after you install a particular program with Automatics, it then changes it back. And Easy Ubuntu, it says something here on their website that it doesn't touch the that sources list file at all. So I think both of them. I think you can both. I think you can use them both uh, in conjunction with each other because really they're just grabbing stuff off of the Debian repositories or the Ubuntu repositories or certain non-free repositories that that a lot of people use. So I don't believe there are going to be package incompatibilities, but I can't promise about that. So, uh, but they both work very well, and I would encourage you to check them both out now. Last point here on on Ubuntu in general, and, and then you know next week we're going to pick up with something different. Ubuntu is really great, and I wholeheartedly recommend it for new users. I saw there was a thread in the forum about what which distro should a brand new user start with. I would recommend Ubuntu first, Ubuntu or PC Linux OS, for really for the sole reason that they're single CD distros. I just find it easier for new users to download a single distribution. SUSE is great, and SUSE has a lot of eye candy, and it's got 
everything under the sun, and, it, and once they sort out the package management stuff, that's going to be fantastic, and smart seems to work really well. Uh, I think that for someone brand new, I would start them off with Ubuntu or PC Linux OS, and then once they get comfortable, if they want something that has more available right off the bat, I'd move them to SUSE, definitely, because it's got such a nice user interface, and, and the YAST tool in SUSE is really top-notch, so... They're all great. You know, if you just don't feel like downloading multiple ISOs, then I'd start with the, the other two uh, and then, you know, maybe move to SUSE after that. But in my experience, I've been running Ubuntu now on and off for the past week or two since I first, you know, talked about it. And, again, I don't run it on, on a day-to-day basis, but it's been very stable for me, and I really like it. So I encourage everyone to check it out, those of you who haven't checked it out yet. Uh, one last point, and then we're going to wrap up. If you want to install one of the other desktop environments. There's lots of, of places where you can find out how to do that, but it's very easy uh, in Ubuntu. If you want to install uh, the KDE, for example, you could use um, uh, you could either use Synaptic or you can go into the command line and and type and uh, you know sudo apt-get install kubuntu-desktop. That's K-U-B-U-N-T-U-desktop. And then Zubuntu, which is the XFCE desktop, very similar. You would just do apt-get, you know, sudo apt-get install Zubuntu-desktop. I believe that's right. And so both of those are really cool, and I'd check them both out. And then you can log out of GNOME, go back to the GDM login manager, go down to options and, and go to sessions, and then try one of the other desktop environments. And they, they all, I've tried them all out, and they all work very well. XFCE is a beta version of XFCE 4.4, and there's a lot of additional things. There's the new file manager for XFCE is available there, and it's, it's pretty cool. So feel free to check that out. All right, let's wrap it up. Thanks again, everybody. I really hope you enjoyed that new segment, the listener tips, and I hope that you'll con- uh, consider contributing something. You know, just a little tip, a little how-to, something that you figured out, something that you really like, just something you'd like to share. Uh, just record a quick little MP3 or AUG file and shoot it my way at linuxreality at gmail.com. That's the same email you can use for just, you know, general feedback, audio comments, and that sort of thing, and all of that is welcome. I really appreciate the, the email and the comments that you all have sent so far, so thank you so much. Also, please check out the forums, the Linux Reality forums, as well as the Frapper map. And uh, in the forums especially, we've got a lot of really great discussions going on, so I hope you'll, uh, hope you'll check that out. Next week, I'm going to step away from the distro reviews for a little bit and do something a little bit different. I've got a few ideas. still undecided which way I'm going to go, so... Uh, we'll just make it a surprise, and uh, we'll see what happens next week. And I think that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, until then, this has been Linux Reality, Episode 20. Catch you all next time. Take care. Bye bye.